0: Hi, guys, it's Joanne. Two things, real quick. Number one, I'm so sorry you had to wait extra long for today's episode. It is eight days late, and believe me, I've been scrambling to get it out as quickly as possible. What happened was Shelfie Shop had its first ever pop up shop last weekend in Missoula, and oh my gosh, you guys, it was so much more work than I thought, but so worth it. It was so much fun. I got amazing feedback on Shelfies, we made some great sales. And I am definitely hooked on doing pop-up markets. I'm excited to do several more throughout the next year. If you're interested to see what Shelfie Shop's pop-up shop looks like, I will put a couple of photographs in the show notes for you so you can take a peek at that. Secondly, this episode is totally worth the wait. Sandra and I had so much fun with this conversation, but I do want you to know that there is some adult sexual content in this episode, nothing that most of us can't relate to. But you probably don't want to listen to it within earshot of your kids unless you are ready to answer some interesting questions. So maybe pop in your earbuds or wait until you're by yourself and enjoy the show. You are listening to the Fancy Free Podcast where my guests and I tell our most embarrassing funny stories so that we all feel less alone in our imperfections and forge connection through vulnerability and humor. I'm Joanne Jarrett and I'm your host. And today, you guys, I have a regular back and you guys hear me talk about Sandra all the time. Today, we're talking to Sandra Etherington, and Sandra is the star of episode 45, way back when we were first starting. So much fun with her podcast co-host Emily we had such a good time chatting but then Sandra's podcast family personalities has long been one of my favorite podcasts I talk about it in probably every third episode <laughs> I, <don't see> <laughs> I love you thank yeah, you so much <laughs> absolutely it's just so right up my alley anyway let me tell you a little bit more about Sandra Sandra is a mom of a six-year-old and an eight-year-old she's the owner of family personalities and the co-host of the family personalities podcast a show that brings personality type models into parenting and Family Relationships. Sandra uses her experience and training in the Myers Briggs personality type to help you parent more effectively and compassionately based on your child's unique wiring and needs. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much for being with me. Ah, oh, I'm so glad to be here. I can't believe I
1: earned the title of a regular. That's exciting. Heck yeah. <laughs>
0: And you're also a regular in my ear. And the reason why I'm behind listening to your podcast is whenever I get out of my exercise routine, then I'm way behind on podcasts. But I just started back on some long walks and I'm binging The Clearing right now, which is on Spotify. And then I'm going to get back over to my podcast app where all my other favorites are.
1: Yeah. Well, you'll have to catch up. We're having a lot of fun over there.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you guys, I was so sure that I knew my oldest daughter's Myers-Briggs type and her Enneagram type. And then she just is, she's fighting me on it, which is cool. I mean, she should be able to figure out what her type is, Mm. not me, right? Like that's her job, not my job. Yeah. And she's getting ready to go away to college. So I'm thinking about giving one of her Christmas gifts. I may have to cut that out because she does listen to my podcast, but she's way behind (laughs) on it. There's, There's no chance. If she hears this, she'll just know one of her Christmas gifts. But I'm thinking about gifting her a session with Sandra, not only to learn more about herself, but also In preparation for living with human beings that aren't related to her and don't forgive her and love her for Mm. who she is. I'm nervous about that. Roommates are so hard. Oh my gosh, I know. My first roommate in college was a total lose. It was so bad. But I was in a suite, (sighs) so there were other girls and I Mm. became lifelong friends with some of them. So that was okay, but... It's really interesting. They have this extensive online questionnaire now. Oh, really? And it makes so much sense now that we have computer power. Back when I was applying for a roommate, I think it was literally just my gender. Yeah, I don't remember. All I know yeah. is I went to
1: UCLA and because housing's so expensive around there, they guarantee you can be in the dormitory for two years. And in order to accommodate that, they converted all the double dorm rooms into triples.
0: Oh, you're kidding. So it's a
1: double-sized dorm room.
0: No with, way. With three For bodies. three people. Oh, that's like a bad game of pinball all day long.
1: No, you can't move. You're like elbow to elbow with each other. And so if you have a conflict oh, or just like, oh gosh. don't quite click with someone, like there is no
0: escape. Put that in your pipe and smoke it all you kids who are considering going to UCLA. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lovely school though. It sounds like it was worth it.
0: <laughs> Delaney's going to go to Montana State University in Bozeman. And I'm just so excited for her because we toured it over the summer. It's this gorgeous Mm. campus. Bozeman is such a charming town. And the dorms were awesome. And there are several different dorm buildings and... She's going to live in the dorms probably for the first two years and then maybe an apartment after that, but who knows. But yeah. they asked her, what is your attitude about smoking? What's your attitude about drinking? And then they parsed it out. Like, I to- I can tolerate a little bit of drinking, but I don't want to be with somebody who drinks regularly. Or mm. yes, I love to get drunk every night. They asked her about like, are you a morning person or a night owl? Do you tolerate a lot of clutter or do you need things neat and tidy? I'm like, what? Wow. This is fabulous. I almost feel like it's a little bit like computer dating where they at least try to get you somewhat close to someone who will be compatible with you. I would want to like provide my Myers-Briggs type, my Enneagram Uh type. (laughs) Yes, totally. They even asked about religious preference, which is a major thing for us. Oh, wow. So that was huge. You know, how studious are you? What type of grades do you get? So Mm -hmm. I'm actually really excited. I feel like she may be paired up with someone who will be compatible. But those unspoken things that, you know, wouldn't come up on a questionnaire, right? Like the Myers-Briggs type. How do you make decisions? And how do you take in the information in your environment. And, and you know, even as easy as introversion,
1: extroversion, do you want your roommate yes. to talk to you all day long or yes. would you like a break? <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. So the, the main problem with my roommate my first year of college was she, I believe that she was an introvert as well, but she was, she talked all day long. She narrated her day. It was like she wasn't talking to anybody, but she was constantly talking. And I was like, I cannot take it anymore. I feel like I'm in a torture chamber. But I just didn't spend much time in my room and it was totally fine.
1: Yeah. My fourth year roommate was someone with a preference for extroversion. She didn't talk that much, but we shared a room with each other. It was a two-bedroom apartment with four girls in it. So I didn't get much you know, space to myself. Mm. And I didn't have the language to understand why I did this, but I would literally wait her out at dinnertime because every time I'd get up to go cook dinner, she'd follow me into our <laughs> tiny little kitchen. <laughs> and I was like, I so badly don't want to be in the kitchen with anyone. I don't know why. Mm-hmm, I just thought maybe mm-hmm. I was like a cranky. So I would just sit there and she'd be like, are you hungry? be like "Mm, nope not hungry yet meanwhile my stomach's like
0: gurgle 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 gurgle." you're like oh i don't eat dinner anymore (laughs) and i just wait her out midnight stacks only for me
1: (laughs) yeah sometimes i had to wait like an hour or two before she'd finally get up and go cook her dinner. And then I'd wait until she would cooked it, ate it, came back (laughs) in the bedroom, and then I'd get up and go make my dinner.
0: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Yeah. This is how I survived roommates for four years as someone with a preference for introversion.
0: My second year, I was with a girl who was much more compatible with me. And I, I feel like I would guess she was extroverted, but there was nothing needy about her. She got what she needed from all kinds of places, not just me. So that was great. And then when I went into an apartment, we had our own bedrooms. We did a three bedroom apartment with three girls, and we all had our own bedrooms, and that was huge mm-hmm. because I would just go in my room when I wanted to be alone and then when we wanted to chat and be together, we would just land on the couch or on the t- you know at the table and it was it was really good.
1: Yeah, that was a luxury we couldn't afford in LA.
0: <laughs> I was in Seattle, but it was a gross apartment. I mean, it had like oh, yeah. shag, orange carpet, had to have been from the 60s. <laughs> I, I bet you it's never been shampooed. I can, But here's the thing. I'm trying to remember. I'm like, did we even own a vacuum cleaner? I cannot remember. I, <laughs> Isn't that yeah, awful? I, I never cleaned, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Gross. Anyway, gross. we digress. Okay, let's... <laughs> Let's get to know you a little bit more with your rapid-fire questions. Tell us your Enneagram number.
1: I'm an Enneagram one as much as I hate to admit it.
0: Oh, (laughs) I love Enneagram ones. I think my dad's one and my daughter, who I thought was an eight, I think is actually a one.
1: There's the subtypes of the Enneagram there's a subtype of one that is much more like external telling everyone else what they should oh, do versus my subtype of one is more the
0: Part on projecting
1: onto yourself.
0: So, what do you not like about being an Enneagram 1? <sighs> Joanne, what what do you are you what do you like? <laughs> are we going deep here or are we being funny? No, it doesn't have to be funny. I like a combo. <laughs> Go deep, sister, if you want. If you can handle, it, if you got the energy for it.
1: I feel like with Enneagram, when you really hit your type correctly, it's because you recognize the dark side Uh of yourself in that type. Yes, yes. (laughs) And so I have noticed basically what I've done to myself in my life and the anxiety that I put myself through and put other people through too. Hmm. Like that need to be good and I can get these blinders on of – being perfect to where I just go, 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 go and never like take a rest. And then I'm hard on myself and I'm hard on everyone around me. And it's just like, I just like, I don't want to be
0: that. Yeah, I know. I always try to remind my kids, especially when they're being hard on themselves, that there's a flip side to every coin. Like I'm married to an eight. I love him desperately, but he's an eight, you know, he's very opinionated and he doesn't consider feelings very much. He's much more Mm -hmm. of like a fact guy, but I love that he's so strong and he's so smart and he is so principled. So that's the flip side of that coin. I'm sure that, I mean, the flip side of your coin of being so hard on yourself and others with the whole perfectionism thing is that you care so deeply about things being right. Yeah. That's what my dad is like too, and he was a neurosurgeon, and and it's a really really hard career for an enneagram one. Oh yeah, he was he was pretty miserable, but his patients were so lucky, you know.
1: Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, it's brought good things in my life, and it's also brought bad things. But you know, that's one of my favorite things about personality type is the growth that you can get from it. It's yes. not just like put me in this box, and now I. Have, have a new label <laughs> or like a new club to join like we're the Enneagram ones but but that you can actually grow from it and a lot of my growth in the last few years of my life has been that perfectionism that I didn't even recognize in myself because I'm not like a type a like keep everything clean type mm, person
0: mm-hmm. you're a comp- compartmentalized perfectionist me too Yeah. And it's it's more like, you
1: know, the way we eat. Once I find that there's a better way to eat, it's like Mm. I have to eat that way. And, you know, once I find there's the right way to be with my children and raise them, I have to raise them that way. And I can't let myself slip up or ever make a mistake.
0: So you get kind of rigid. Yeah, exactly. So So,
1: but I've been able to let go of so much of that since recognizing it in myself. And it's really brought a lot more peace in my life and joy and fun.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah, I feel like the Enneagram and the myers Brig really are dovetailed in that way because they just bring up different aspects of us and they really work together, I think, for self-reflection. it's I love it. Yeah. Okay. What's the weirdest thing in your purse? I don't carry a purse anymore. Why did I put oh, that really? on, on there? <laughs> oh, I know
1: why I put that on there. Wait, I remember. <laughs> okay. I have a... I, I really only carry it with me when i travel because i don't carry a purse around every day anymore but i have a vibrator that looks like a stick of lipstick <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> and it's gold and it says bad bitch on there and i know you have to <laughs> bleep me this is the second time i've said the b word uh, but <laughs>
0: it is well, What was the first time I'll have to. You missed it. I obviously always go back. Oh, I think when you were talking about roommates or something. Yep. (laughs) That's fascinating. Okay, ladies, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Okay, what's your love language? My primary love language, I think, these days
1: is words of affirmation, although physical touch used to be my number one and it's still kind of up there. I think it's just I get so much touch from my kids Uh that that gets filled and then overtoppled, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I get touched out now. Too
0: much of a good thing. But
1: as a mom, we just don't hear that we're doing a good job very often. It's yeah. just kind of a lot of what we do is taken for granted. So when I do get those words of affirmation, those mean a lot to me.
0: Yes. Yes. It's almost, we hear a lot more about what we don't do and, and that's kind of hard. Especially from our kids. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Have you ever met a celebrity?
1: I met from... The Bachelor. Does that count as a celebrity? Oh, totally. <laughs> I met Ben Flannick, which is like, do,
0: do you watch The Bachelor? I don't, but I love your love of The Bachelor. And I have watched The <laughs> Bachelor in past seasons, but I haven't watched it probably, you know, in maybe five years or something. This
1: was several years ago. He was The Bachelor and probably not one of the most loved Bachelors, but he lived sort of near us. In I lived in California in the Bay Area, and he lived in Sonoma County, somewhere around there. And I went out to lunch. I was like seven months pregnant. I went out to lunch by <laughs> myself because I love being by myself. And he was like three tables over eating lunch with his mom. And of course I had to go over and interrupt and ask for a picture. And it <laughs> I was it. extremely was he nice? exciting. He was very nice. You no, know, it was exciting for me because I love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I'm I'm hooked on them as much as they are problematic and annoying. And I just love them.
0: It fills your need for gossip without gossiping. I love stuff like that. Honestly, the only reason I don't watch it is because my husband's in in 100% control of the TV because it never even occurs to me to turn on the TV. Not that I'm not consuming junk media. It's just more like online. I mean, I'm not better than him. He's just the TV lover and he doesn't like that. You got to love a guy who takes his mom to lunch, right? Yeah, I thought it was very sweet. He didn't end up with the person that he picked. There's
1: always a villain on the season. And yes. the one he picked was the villain on the season. Oh, no, and ev- you- you're like every episode, you're like yelling at your TV, like, why do you keep picking her? And then they end up getting married or, you know, engaged in the end. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, he dodged a bullet, it sounds like. Maybe, but who knows? You know, with editing and everything, maybe she right. Actually and you know, bad. he may, he may, have, <laughs> she may have dodged a bullet too. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. What movie line gets quoted most in your house? What is your favorite joke? Okay.
1: A pirate walks into a bar with a steering wheel sticking out the front of his pants. <laughs> the bartender looks at him and says, "Hey, you know you have a steering wheel sticking out of the front of your pants." And the pirate looks back at him and says, "Ar, it's driving me nuts."
0: <laughs> I love it. You made me slap my desk. <laughs> That's hard to edit out. I love it. I know it is. I'm always so mad when I slap my desk because you can't you're right, you can't edit it. You know. You know what I I know do your work. pain. Yeah, you know what I do to myself. That's a really good joke and I only have room in my brain for one joke and that may have to replace the joke that is living in my brain now. It's a good one. It's a classic. Yeah, it's kind of long, but I like it so much. <laughs> All right. Well, as you know, the point of this podcast is to share embarrassing moments to remind the listeners that they're not the only buffoons and to demonstrate how connection is forged when we share these moments with each other and laugh about them together. So what do you have for us today? So I have two that are kind of a similar
1: theme of texting or messaging the wrong person. Oh, okay. Yeah painful things. I feel like this used to happen more often in like the early days of texting and online messaging. 15 years ago, we've had more practice of like checking that the correct <laughs> name is in the box. Sure. So let's go back, I guess, 10, 12 years. I was working at a company. I had a friend who was in the cubicle right next to me. We had the same boss. And this was not like a boss that were. Super friendly with this wasn't like a boss and a personal relationship. It was like just a boss. Okay. So it was not necessarily a boss that we l- liked all that much. She wasn't terrible, but you know we had some minor complaints. One of which was she was a workaholic. So it was like mm. she was always in before us, no matter how early we came in, and she always left after us, no matter how late we stayed. And she was very much like a by the book and a little bit of a micromanager. So about six months in to working for her, she got. A boyfriend our boss <laughs> Okay, <laughs> and she stopped coming in as early and she started leaving a little earlier in the evenings and my coworker and i let's call her kayla we would chat over like the company message system all day mm-hmm. long because we weren't <laughs> very thrilled with our jobs we were in fact very bored by our jobs and that would keep us going <laughs> and she one morning sends a message to me over the company chat, or at least it was meant for me, accidentally send it to our boss. Yay. And it said, uh, hold on, I need a name for my boss. Let's call our boss Shirley. It said, <laughs> oh, Shirley came in late today. She must have stayed the night at her new boyfriend's, wink, wink. And this is not like, <laughs> you know, like I said, we're not friendly with her. There's this no chumminess li- happening in this inappropriate very inappropriate. Oh, <laughs> and she goes, I hear, I'm just sitting there like minding my own business, working. And all of a sudden I hear shit from the cubicle <laughs> next to me. And I like pop my head over and she tells me that she's just sent this message to our boss instead of to me. And immediately oh. I know I'm implicated because we are like uh-huh. two peas in a pod. We hang out with each other <laughs> all the time. We don't have any other friends in the company. So like my boss would know that it was me that was chatting about As the
0: intended recipient. <laughs>
1: yes, and this was my coworker's problem, right? But I kid you not. I this is when I learned I am good in a crisis situation.
0: Mm, okay.
1: I said, "Okay." I went out of my cubicle. I took five steps to the left because then we could see down the hall to my boss's office. <laughs> and I kind of we like we're both sitting there, like peering our heads around the corner.
0: <laughs> I can totally picture it. <laughs>
1: her office is empty.
0: Yes. I'm
1: like, okay, she's not there. She hasn't seen it. So I run to my cubicle. I grab a piece of paper so that, like, if I get caught in her office, I can be ah. like, "Oh, I was leaving this for you to review." I beeline down the hall. And luckily, her screensaver isn't on. She must have literally just left her office. It's not locked. So I see the chat. It's like right up there front and center. Hey, did you know Shirley might have stayed the night at her boyfriend's? <laughs> Whatever. Exit out of that. Beeline back. And we're just sitting there like, oh, my God. I can't and <laughs> we see her come back not 30 seconds later.
0: You got so lucky. Slash are so brave. <laughs> so when you X out of it. Does that just make it go away? Because it's just instant messaging. Like,
1: yeah, it was the kind where if another one popped up, you wouldn't see the messages from before. The oh only the gosh. only way is if she had clicked like into their chat history, then she could have seen it. So, we're- oh okay, we never heard anything about it, so I don't think she ever saw it.
0: Nice. Oh my gosh, you are a ninja. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I was I'm- impressed with myself too. Yeah, I can't relate. I'm definitely not a ninja. I do not like adrenaline. Adrenaline does nasty things to my efficiency and decision-making, not good things. (laughs) I'm pretty sure my cortisol was raised for like a month after that. Uh uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like you're like, I was good, but it practically killed me. (laughs) I was (laughs) was good under pressure, but now I'm going to die five years earlier. Dang it. (laughs) Right. That was my first gray hair. Oh, that's so stressful, but good. I bet your friend was so, so grateful.
1: You know. I, she was, but I still feel like she owes me.
0: I do too. I think she oh, she <laughs> needs to take you out for Indian buffet. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, that's oh, that was a close one, man.
1: And then along the same line, so this is like going back even earlier when we were texting. And remember when we were texting on like our old Nokia phones, and you had to yes. hit the letter like five to, or you know, I wouldn't two do or three it. times. I was like I am not cr- doing that. You
0: must be just a little <laughs> younger than I am because I was like, nope. Not doing it. It was in
1: co- This was in college for me.
0: Yeah. This, that and- was like young babies for me. Okay. <laughs> nope. Not doing it. I'm 49. How old are you? I am 37. Oh, you're a lot younger than I am. I've never met you in person, so I just always – I'm very um, self-centered, I guess, because I just always assume people that I like and feel I feel like I know are my age. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. That makes sense. You were in college and I had young babies because I had babies kind of older in life. So yeah, okay. okay. So <laughs> you you did that. Whenever somebody texted me on my flip phone, I was like, I am not, what are you doing? Like I don't do that. <laughs> I, just, yeah, I, was, I just
1: I was afforded. in college. I was texting with, you know, my roommates and uh-huh. you know, whoever. Yeah, I was into it. <laughs> That's awesome. But boy, it was time consuming. Yes. So, anyways, we're in college. I prematurely Texted my roommate to tell her that my boyfriend and I were going to break up, but we hadn't broken up yet. Uh-huh. You can probably guess where this is going.
0: I feel like I can't
1: breathe. <laughs> the text message went to my boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! It said, Mark and I are breaking up.
0: <laughs>
1: and I went back to look at it and I was like, oh, I told Mark that Mark and I are breaking up.
0: I guess Mark and I are broken up now. (laughs) And we were. So much for those concert (laughs) tickets that I was going to take advantage of before I gave him bad news. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, what did Mark text you back? Um, I texted Mark before Mark had
1: a chance to text me back and said, I've, I, I can't remember exactly how I swung it, but, like, we – I had just left a conversation with him and was, like, ah. on my way back up to the dorms. And so I was like, is that what you meant when you said yada, yada, yada during our conversation? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, just played it off that way. And I'll, I will yeah. i never know if he, like, bought it or not. but
0: Yeah. Um, like, and then we um, broke up the next day. <laughs> I am accusing you of being unclear in your communication, and this is a prelude to us breaking up. And, gives and me, for like, some really reason, reason, I spoke about – you in the third person
1: when I was <laughs> texting you. I don't, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Okay. How sick did you feel when you realized it went to him? Or were you so done that it didn't really matter? There was the cortisol again. Yeah. Was oh like, I
1: remember I was walking up the hill and just like, <gasps> how do I go back five seconds in my life and not yeah. do what I just did? You
0: can't. Oh my gosh. It's torture. That sinking feeling that And this is actually kind of interesting. So I suffer from clinical depression and mm. I'm completely controlled on medication and I'm even better when I exercise regularly, which is not happening right now, but <laughs> is me. one reason why I'm getting back into it. For all of you people out there who've never experienced a bout of depression, for me, what it feels like is that moment of dread,
1: but it's mm. nebulous
0: and you don't know why you feel that way and you can't fix it and it's not transient. It's a terrible Mm. feeling. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. I also
1: have suffered on and off with depression. Does it feel like that to you? No, it's a little different. It's more like heavy and tired, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. For me, I I guess I have a few different ways that it feels because I also sometimes just feel like I just don't care and I can't get enough Mm -hmm. rest. If only I could get enough rest, this would be all fixed. But it's completely impossible because no amount of rest is enough. And I just don't care, which is very unlike me as an Enneagram, too, where I'm caring about things I shouldn't be caring about usually, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Ditto. Same. Yep. So mm, I'm not sure I knew we had that in in common, but how are you doing with it? You've just, oh, that's, I remember you had like postpartum type stuff that Mm -hmm. you
1: weren't. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, I've had it a few times in my life, but definitely the postpartum after my daughter took the longest to resolve and it kept like recurring and recurring but I've been pretty good the last like couple of years, I would say.
0: Oh, that's great. And the more you yeah. learn about yourself, the more you can just mitigate the things that are gonna sink you deeper.
1: Yeah. Personality type was huge for me and understanding what I need to fill my bucket. Yeah. And getting more of that time and structuring my life so that I could spend time, you know, your listeners Uh might not know, but you know the cognitive functions, right? Yeah. I've structured my life now to where I can spend a lot of time in those cognitive functions and not like trying to stretch to things that wear me out as much. Mm -hmm. And that really, really helps with my mental health.
0: Yes. I remember one recent episode that I listened you and M were talking and I drove to Boise by myself and I thought of you because it was glorious <laughs> and I was also listening to you and M talk about your summer I think and I think one of the things that you mentioned is I hate admitting that I need time to myself and not only that mm-hmm. I hate admitting that it's not just like I need 10 minutes to myself I need hours to myself yes. and I was like oh my gosh me too me too Yeah, and I get that like like, once once every six months I get like hours to myself. It's so rare.
1: Yeah, it's really hard to get when you have kids and brutal job and other life things.
0: Yeah, I live with I live in a family of extroverts, and it's really yeah. (laughs) My one daughter is an introvert, and she and I, when we ride somewhere in the car together, sometimes we say zero things to mm-hmm. each other, and it's like mm-hmm. as it we should just, be. We're reveling in it. Yeah, it's great. It's like we love it, but there's no awkwardness to it. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> okay, so tell me the tell me the story that you didn't want landing on a transcript. <laughs> oh,
1: that story. Okay, so this is more recent. We're kind of zooming forward in my life now. I've got two kids. We're during the pandemic. I know we're still in the pandemic as we record this, but this was like maybe six to eight months in when we still hadn't like gone and done anything, like we hadn't gone on any trips, and we hadn't seen people in so long. And like school we were just work is at home. School's at home. At, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, I forgot that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so we finally get out. It's my birthday, just after Christmas, it's my birthday. And we decide to go to this, it's like an animal safari in Oregon. It's like three, four hours away from us. And you can drive through with your car. Oh my gosh, how cool. So we're like, this sounds very COVID safe. Let's go do that. And then we'll stay in a hotel and then we'll drive home the next day. And it was our first time like staying in a hotel. Yeah, it was very exciting. I say all this background to say that I think we were just very excited by life. And so it (laughs) made us especially horny. I don't (laughs) know.
0: (laughs) Everything was just magnified,
1: (laughs) all
0: the feelings. (laughs) I guess.
1: We're in a hotel room with our kids. Their ages of last year were five and seven. And we're in, you know, just a standard room, two doubles or two queens or whatever, and we're all watching a movie, but... We just, like, can't wait until we get home tomorrow. So uh, I text my husband, like, hey, we need to do something about this. And he is like, okay, I'm going to tell the kids I'm going to take a shower. I'll go in the bathroom and turn on the shower, and then you join me in a couple minutes. Good plan. So he goes in. The shower starts. I follow him. Close the door. Apparently, don't lock it.
0: Oh, rookie error. Rookie.
1: (laughs) And I proceed to take a position that involves – hurting my knees on the hard bathroom floor Mm -hmm. and, you know, having a little fun. And you're not in the shower. The shower's just on. We're not in the shower. We're just in the middle of the floor, but the shower's on. And hear my daughter before hear the door. So we had like a few seconds warning here. And I like spin around. I don't think I even had time to get up. I'm just like crouched (laughs) down. Pretty sure I'm naked. Can't remember. And my daughter just comes in the bathroom and is, I don't know what she's saying. Some you know, five-year-old important thing. And I'm like, okay, I, it, the fact that we're naked, no big deal. Like that are in our house. We're just naked around each other. It's no big deal. Uh-huh. But I know that there's like a large boner behind me.
0: And <laughs> Hopefully your head is covering it up, but you think you're a little too low. For that. I,
1: I'm not sure <laughs> what my face looks like. And so Gosh. she. we're talking, I'm trying to get her out of the bathroom I encourage her to leave she leaves I turn around my husband is gone <laughs> I'm like we're in this a small hotel bathroom where, where did he go I'm like oh maybe he's in the shower cuz the curtain's half closed he must have gone in the shower I close the door he's behind the door <laughs> A grown he's your he's your age he's 40 grown 49 year old <laughs> naked man with a boner behind the door i don't know how he made it there that fast he's apparently really good in a crisis situation as well
0: i am going to remove the title of ninja to you from you and give it to him (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness that is hysterical
1: (laughs) so we managed not to scar my child
0: Awesome. Now, this is might be too much because, see, I'm real open. I'm, in, I'm from the medical background, and so I'm sorry if you don't have to answer this, but was the boner <laughs> still there or was it gone? Because that would be yeah. like... <laughs> oh, no. It was there. Okay. So did you just lock the door and carry on? We did. Oh, nice. Crisis averted. That just yeah. needs to make... Oh. <laughs> I love it. I'm just picturing him hiding behind the <laughs>
1: door. It was good. I'm glad you're picturing my naked husband
0: with a boner behind the door. <laughs> let, let, yeah, I'm just I'm picturing mine because I don't know what yours looks like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh gosh, my kids mm. are 16 and 18. So recently, there's been a lot more talk about sex in our house, and mm. we have made a policy to be honest but curt. You know, so like if they ask us a question, we'll answer it. So. My eighteen year old daughter's like, so do you when do you guys have sex? Because we like never heard you, never walked in. And I'm like, we're <laughs> sneaky, you know, because I do not want that to happen. And yeah. some somehow we, you know, shower sex came up and I'm like, oh yeah, that's like quick and dirty when you just need like a little maintenance. And my 16-year-old daughter's like please tell me you lock the door when you do that because she'll come in they come into the bathroom like Mm. once a week for something (laughs) you know they steal all my crap like my dry shampoo and stuff like that I'm like yes honey we do lock the door oh thank god (laughs) now they're gonna know when they try and come in and the door is locked totally it's a dead giveaway but it's okay because they're old enough and it's actually cute because they're like well we're really glad that you guys are still into each other we're like yeah we are but like they didn't like they were checking in like do you guys you know, cause we, we, I'm not a PDA person. He probably would be, but I'm like, no. Um, so I mean, we'll hug and kiss and stuff in front of the kids, but it isn't like we're, you know, making out on the couch or anything. That's just not my <laughs> Does style. anyone still do that after that many years of marriage? Though. Oh, with? thank you. I'm glad that you said that because we don't, <laughs> maybe <laughs> when the kids are like gone and we know that nobody's coming home early from work or anything like that, but usually not. Nope. Not really. Okay. I feel like the making out is, it's like, it's either we're,
1: you it know, a sweet little or, peck or yeah, it's, exactly. or it's sex. Yeah,
0: Like we're, we're getting, we're getting down. <laughs> yeah. This is just the not beginning. teenagers yeah. anymore. I don't exactly. got time for all
1: this making out.
0: Yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that was just because that's what we were allowed to do. Right. Right. We just, you go as far as you're allowed to go. And this, I tell my kids that too, cause it's like, and there's really no going back. So be very mm. careful when you, when you push the envelope cause it's there forever. Sounds true. Time. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about your terrible affliction of crying. This is like not even, it's not funny to me because it's
1: so mortifying that I, I'm someone whose emotions are very close to the surface. Mm-hmm. And if I'm in a situation that is uncomfortable at all, especially if there's any like self shame involved, which probably goes back to my Enneagram one, like anything that makes me feel bad about myself at all. Tears are like right there. Like I can already feel them just telling you this. oh my! I can already feel them like boiling below the surface.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: So I cannot handle myself in professional situations that become at all Mm. any sort of conflict, any sort of like anything. Emotionally
0: charged. Yeah. Oh.
1: Oh, I hate it. It was terrible when I was in the corporate world. There weren't very many times, but all it takes is one to just be mortifying. Like, I just cried in front of my boss over something that was not (laughs) cry-worthy. Yeah. Oh!
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry.
1: Last year, I cried uh, talking to my child's principal. Oh. Uh, I, there was a teacher that I had to talk to that I really didn't like something that they were doing with the kids. And because I had to provide uh. uncomfortable feedback to them, I cried. Oh, yeah. So now they're <laughs> consoling me about me. Like It's just so – it's really a trait that I dislike in myself. Oh, my if anyone gosh. has any advice, please let me know.
0: Well – The only thing I can think of off the top of my head would not help you because when I was in high school, I used to sometimes uncontrollably laugh in class. Like (laughs) something would like my funny bone is very ticklish. And that's one reason why I really like this podcast, because I just get to laugh so much and and it's pretty easy to make me laugh. But in school, (laughs) it's very inappropriate. Right. I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of circumstances in life, but the first one I came across was like, okay, you're in biology and you're doing a lab and you're not supposed to be laughing. The teacher's calling everybody back to the front of the room to attention and I can't stop laughing. So my girlfriend, (laughs) Gretchen Goikachia, love her. She also gave me my very most famous recipe. She said, Joanne, you should try thinking about dead puppies, but that just might make you cry more, Sandra. I don't know. You have to think of something, something like the opposite of dead puppies, like- I know, it has to be be really happy. But I cry when I'm really happy, too. Yeah, it has to be like some very mundane. I guess something funny.
1: Maybe I'll think of my husband standing behind the door and make it with a (laughs) boner.
0: Okay, try that next time and see how it goes. If you start uncontrollably laughing, then then that's backfired and I'm really sorry. (laughs) Then think about dead puppies. Okay, might be a roller coaster. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so funny. Okay, I have one key word written on my paper and the word is nipples. Tell me about that story. Oh,
1: okay. So I've got a baby at home, and I guess my son was like three, and so I'm still nursing my daughter. So he sees a lot of boob, right? He sees Uh a lot of nipple. He knows what that looks like. And maybe this was right as my period was coming back. I don't know, but I was like super broken out. And my three-year-old boy turns to me and says, Mommy, why are there nipples all over your face? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and how did you react? I said, Those aren't nipples, sweetie. They're pimples. And then I probably broke down in tears because oh. I have postpartum depression
0: and whatever else. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to go one of two ways. Either you're going to start maniacally laughing and scare your three year old and your baby, or you're going to cry. That, that, those are the only two options. And, and I'm
1: pretty sure I found it funny enough that I posted about it on Facebook, but I also probably felt really bad about myself at the same time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs>
0: That's so cute. I told Sandra before we started recording that that reminded me of the time when my youngest daughter, Bailey, innocently asked me at the age of maybe four, mommy, when can I start trimming my testicles? And she meant, <laughs> she meant her cuticles. <laughs> she said testicles. Oh, those word confusions are so cute. But sometimes they really get you. Stating the obvious, sometimes like we had to go through that as a life lesson. Like you don't necessarily state the obvious about someone's physical appearance. Although, mm. like when Bailey said to me in a public bathroom, mommy, your bottom is huge. The first thing I thought was <laughs> that is hysterical. Like she said it in a real conspiratorial tone, like, you know, but but loud. <laughs> but, yeah. So I laughed and laughed. And then I was like, Ooh, I think there's a lesson here. Like, I know you're not trying to hurt my feelings and my bottom is huge, but you know, maybe like, stating the obvious about people's physical appearances like don't do that like you can do it with me but don't do that with this is an inner circle behavior is what I'm trying to say yeah that's the tough one to teach
1: because there's so much like societal stuff that it's like when they ask why it's really Mm -hmm. hard to answer that question I, yeah, and my I, sure. my son is a very big why kind of kid. Mm, it's like, well, let me go back hundreds of years and yes,
0: you know, try and explain. I don't, you know, I don't know. I know it's it is it's it's a big question. It's a can of worms question. It, 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 if a question starts with why, you know, a can of worms is about to What have you been loving that you think the listeners might love too? I wanted to mention because we talked about
1: Bachelor earlier. There's a podcast that I listen to now called Game of Roses, and they look at the Bachelor and the Bachelorette as if it were a sport. Mm. And so they talk about it in those terms, and they have stats on everyone. Like <laughs> they they even do something called a rose quotient, which has oh to do gosh. with like what order you receive the rose in the episode or in the rose ceremony. Wait a you, and I compared- know about
0: you that you love data because I love data too. And that's something we haven't. <laughs> Is there anything more perfect in this world for you? Oh my that? gosh, it's incredible! <laughs> I love, and it. I just love
1: the obsession that the hosts have with mm-hmm. the Bachelor. That's even higher than than my obsession with the Bachelor, but maybe yep. not higher than my obsession with personality type. Mm-hmm. I just appreciate someone else that can just get so obsessed with something <laughs> that they spend all of their time on it and just look at it in a little bit different way than everyone else does. Anyway, mm-hmm. I highly recommend Game of Roses to check out their podcast. And then I also lately, I've been loving sharing TikTok time with my eight-year-old.
0: Oh, fun.
1: Yeah. It's like not something I want him to do on his own because there's a lot of inappropriate for his age content on there. But he'll say, can we watch TikTok? And we watch it together on my phone. And the things that he finds funny just fascinate me. And we laugh together and we bring up, you know, the videos that we saw on TikTok together. And it's a really great bonding time.
0: Oh, I love that. I actually really love TikTok. I'm super late to the game. I'm in the phase of my life right now where I don't get to go to bed when I want to go to bed necessarily because Mm. I have teenagers with more energy than I have. And they have curfews, which are past my natural bedtime sometimes. But I refuse to go to bed until they're all under the roof because I want them to know that what is waiting for them is an eyeball to eyeball conversation with me. Not that oh. I don't trust them, but I just feel like it's something that Scary needs to happen mama. while they're under the roof. Yeah. And mostly I'm just like curious and nosy and I love them so much that I want to hear how their night went. But also it's like, if they're thinking about drinking or something like that, and then they're like, yeah, but mom's going to be there in her chair when we come in. Anyway, so all that to say that when I am up past when I want to be up, but I can't be productive. TikTok is like my brain rest. Ah, I love it.
1: They've really done something incredible to tap into that, like just drive to keep swiping and get a little dopamine hit in like 30 seconds. And
0: Yeah, you learn interesting. interesting things, or you, you know, you see something you want to purchase, or you see someone that you'd love to talk to. And then for me, I've now interviewed people that I've discovered that I love on TikTok. And it's so much fun to be like, I want to talk to that person and then actually get to talk to them. I'll link to my TikTok interviews so far, just two, but we have one more coming up really soon.
1: I have a suggestion of what my mom used to do with my brother when he was a teenager. Although this doesn't really help with the drinking thing. But She would put an alarm clock outside her door for his curfew time. Oh, that's brilliant. The alarm would be set. And if he didn't come home and turn it off, then the alarm would go off and she would know he wasn't home. And then she could be up waiting for him when he got home.
0: Yeah, that is completely brilliant because – I actually heard a while back someone say that she set an alarm on her iPhone in her bedroom. But I'm like, but that wouldn't work for us because my husband sleeps super light. And so if Mm -hmm. somebody comes into the bedroom, he's going to wake up and he might not be able to go back to sleep. And also I don't Mm -hmm. sleep with my iPhone in my room. So I decided that that was not a solution that would work for me brilliant putting it in the hallway right outside the bedroom i would hear it Scott got also if you have
1: a very dishonest kid it might not work because they could come turn it off and then go back out and party more (laughs) (laughs) if you if you know at least they're honest enough about that then
0: i feel like i've i'm almost to the finish line you can do it i can do it Tell me what upcoming event you're excited about that you want the listeners to hear about. As we're recording this, it, it's launching tomorrow,
1: but it will have launched a few weeks ago by the time this airs, an online course that helps you find your child's Myers-Briggs personality type. So I'm really excited about that. It's the oh first gosh, time I've done a course. Awesome. It's got like videos and questionnaires and teaches you all about Myers-Briggs and helps you find your child's type. And I'm really, really excited to like kind of offer that because that's the biggest question I get is like, how do I know my child's type? And I'm always like, well, you, you got to work one-on-one with me or whatever. The quizzes aren't great, so don't do those. And so this is a really great solution. You can go do this course.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And I am, I'm so excited for people who are going to discover it because I just remember one episode of your podcast where you were trying to help parents figure their child's S versus N preference. Mm. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. I feel like you walked me through that. And then I was like, okay, she's definitely an S. Like I got one S and Mm. one N. And I haven't really done the mental exercise for the rest of it, but I can definitely see how you would be able to arrive at your child's type with your help. That's, oh, that's awesome. Do you find that in families, some kids are just harder to type than others? Because I feel like with my younger daughter, like, boom, she's an Enneagram nine, she's an Mm -hmm. INFP and I just Mm -hmm. know it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think some kids, it's easier to see their type preferences than with others. Mm-hmm. Okay, for sure.
0: And I, do, I feel like it's not because she's less complicated person at all, or that she's like less nuanced or anything. It's, and, it, and I don't talk to her more than the other. It's not like we're closer than my, I am with my other daughter. So it's none of that. Mm-hmm. It's just that she's easier. She's been easier to type. And my oldest yeah. daughter is the one who's actually more interested in it. And she thinks she is an introvert. And I'm like, if you're an introvert, I am a monkey. I mean, I really can't. I really can't. I really can't. I I know. I think she's been an extrovert since she was in utero, bossing me around. I will link to this online course in the show notes. If you go to Fancy Free Podcast slash episode 133, you'll be able to find the link to this course, you guys. You will have launched it by the time this airs. Mm-hmm. And about how long does it take to take the course?
1: It's like two or three hours. You know, it's at your own pace.
0: You can do it in several different sittings. Perfect. Okay. So it's not a huge time investment, but it's in-depth enough to really arrive. Yeah. And that's that was really important to go. me
1: because, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people just want a quiz that they can take. and Right. Those the quizzes are really fun. And I totally understand why people want to do that, because I take those quizzes all the time. (laughs) But it's just not accurate. Like all of the stats that you get from Myers-Briggs quizzes or other Enneagram quizzes or whatever are just not very accurate. And so it was really important to me that like if you're going to be trying to find your child's type, let's get as accurate as we can. We don't want to go through Mm -hmm. life thinking there's something that they're not. I also really encourage people to leave it open. Even if you do feel really sure about it, as you're discovering with your daughter, let them tell you when they're mm-hmm. older, when they yep. um, are interested themselves, let them tell you what type they are. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. before you get to that point,
0: it's really great to have some of that understanding yourself. And so this course can really help with that. Absolutely. I'm excited for you and I'm excited for all the people who are going to learn. I think it's, um, and if you, you know, Sandra actually addresses the issue of whether or not um I think you talk about like the pros and cons of trying to type your child. And that's probably part Mm -hmm. of this course too. But you did have an episode where I can see, I can picture where I was walking when I listened to it, but I don't remember what episode it was (laughs) where you talk through some of the pros and cons of typing someone besides yourself. And I think, I think for me, you just get past the fact that I'm definitely not going to put my kid in a box or a bucket. Right. I'm just doing this to kind of try to help facilitate our communication and my understanding of my child. It's not, you know, it's it's not so I can just say, ah, that box is checked off. I'm going to throw them over in this corner. It's not like that. Yeah, you don't want to box them in
1: or tell them what they can't do. And that's sometimes the misunderstanding that people have around Myers-Briggs that it's saying you can only do one thing or the other. You can only introvert or you can only extrovert. And that's not what it is at all. It's really just understanding like where does their energy flow from? And if you can understand Mm -hmm. that, you can really tap into like what motivates them. And like I said, it even helped with my own mental health. So imagine that if we can give that to our kids and like talking, going back to the roommate situations, if I just had Mm -hmm. the words to be like, hey, I'm someone who prefers introversion. I need like some time to myself each day. I love you, but I don't want to cook dinner at the same time as you. Mm -hmm. How much easier that would have been than like waiting her out for three hours
0: every night. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yes. Anytime you can learn more about the people in your life or yourself, it's a win. This course took me seven months. To me. I
1: thought it was going to oh. be like a thirty-day or sixty-day project. Yes. Seven months yeah, later, I have huge. finished it. But eventually, I would like to have courses for it because this is kind of aimed at parents whose kids either aren't old enough or aren't interested Younger. in doing yeah. it themselves. Yep. But I'd love to have one for like
0: older kids and teenagers to take themselves to find their own type mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. To either to help understand your parents and your siblings, and then to prepare you for being out of the house where you're mm-hmm. totally dialed into these few personality types where anything can come at you. And just to understand yourself better gives you such a head start to relating to other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. But I I think it could also be a one on one session. And I think it would be a really Mm -hmm. fun graduation gift.
1: Yeah, I do those. I haven't specifically marketed it for that purpose. But
0: yeah, tell my listeners all the places where they can find you online. Yeah, it's Family Personalities
1: Everywhere. The website is familypersonalities.com. And if you're interested in that course, you can click on courses, you can click on services for my one-on-one things. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at Family Personalities. And the podcast is Family Personalities on any podcast app.
0: Awesome. Sandra, this has been so much fun. You, I am I am so glad that you kept, I don't know if you literally kept a list in your phone or if you just I kind did. of- I did. I had like a uh-huh. little
1: email draft in my <laughs> Gmail where I was, every time I thought of something, I was like, this would be good to talk about on Joanne's podcast.
0: I would request that you continue with that habit and then we can just have you on again whenever you're ready with a few more stories because I absolutely love talking to you. You are so much fun and you're just my kind of deep. <laughs> mm. Ditto. Oh well, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, you guys! I love Sandra so much. I could talk to her for probably another whole hour. And I apologize that this episode was so long. Even before I edit it, I know it's going to end up being long because I'm not going to want to cut much out because she and I just we we click. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to the Fancy Free Podcast this week. Make sure you go to fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode, fancyfreepodcast.com slash episode 133 to find all the links that we referred to in this episode, including Sandra's course. I definitely think it is a great Christmas gift. I think this would be such a wonderful gift to give to a girlfriend who is maybe struggling a little bit with a couple of kids that are in that you know, early elementary school or even late elementary school phase, this is definitely something that I would absolutely love to receive. It's like a gift that keeps on giving. It's not something that is cluttering anything up. It's, I think, going to be fun. It's two hours of their time and then will help them with their parenting going forward the whole rest of their lives and be so valuable. So if you are struggling to figure out what to get for that one person who's really hard to buy for on your list, I think this is an awesome last minute gift because you don't even have to, there's nothing physical. So you could even buy it like five minutes before you go over to their house. And I think you should definitely do it for yourself. If you have a kid that that is home Um, that you just are like, gosh, I just feel like we're not coming from the same place. I'm not sure I understand the way this child's brain works. Then this course would be so valuable for you. And also just listening to Family Personalities podcast is, and I know you know if you're a regular listener how much I love it. So get on board, man. And if you want more connection, laughter, and sharing, join the Fancy Free Facebook group. It is our private little slice of the internet. It's so much fun. And the question of the week this week is have... (laughs) Have you ever been walked in on when you are in flagrante or when you are romancing your partner or God forbid, when you're romancing yourself, follow the fancy free podcast on Instagram and tell a friend about the show. If you laughed at all today, then telling a friend about the show is like giving a gift of laughter for free, free gift. Have a great week. And remember, no one is as fancy as they look. Also, make sure that you check out Shelfie Shop at S-H-E-L-F-I-E-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. If you're like me and you hibernate after Christmas and you want to still look a little bit put together in case, God forbid, the doorbell should ring, but you don't want to have a bra on, then Shelfies are for you. And we are very soon coming out with a cold weather line, but we, d- we have all of the warm weather stuff and we have the coziest cardigans to put over them with inside pockets so that you can still cart your phone and your snacks around the house, even when you're in your loungewear slash pajamas. So shelfyshop.com, And if, if you use the code FANCYFREE, you will get free shipping in the continental United States.